You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. on a Tuesday morning in Tuscaloosa. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The Chocolate Lady and her tremendous staff there at Peterbrook, they got you set up. They got you ready for those holiday treats, holiday-themed treats. You walk into Peterbrook Chocolates here right now. In addition to that overwhelming and glorious, glorious chocolatey aroma, that den of chocolate that you walk into there at Peterbrook, uh, you're going to feel very fallish. You're going to feel very holiday-spirited when you see the setup right now. At Peterbrook Chocolates here. Joined on the program by producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to your Pittsburgh Steelers, the lone undefeated football team in the National Football League. Unfortunately, though, man, this COVID 19 won't leave anybody alone, will it? I no, see where I'm, Ben Roethlisberger goes man. on the COVID list. No, I'm stressed over here with 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 Big Ben being on the the COVID list, and he's got two bum knees. But I mean, if anybody can pull through and, and still get the job done, it's Big Ben. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins pulling against Ben Roethlisberger, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Uh, don't mind it; they don't mind it. Those 72 Dolphins when these undefeated teams go by the boards. But uh, interesting news on the COVID front involving the Pittsburgh Steelers this morning, and certainly. More so locally from a college football perspective, we're just sort of in wait and see mode with the SEC weekend coming up. We already know that Auburn and Mississippi State has been postponed. We just got confirmation from the University of Arkansas that Sam Pittman's initial head coach, Sam Pittman's initial positive test for COVID-19 has been confirmed. So he is out for the Razorbacks road trip to Florida on Saturday, Florida and Arkansas from Florida field, the swamp as they like to call it down there. So no Sam Pittman, Barry Odom, former Missouri head coach and first year defensive coordinator there at Arkansas 
will take over as the interim head coach as the Razorbacks make their way to Gainesville. So we're trying to keep you up to date as best we can. All eyes, obviously, on Baton Rouge right now, awaiting word to see exactly what the status for Alabama LSU on Saturday evening from Tiger Stadium will be. You know, what was the last thing we really talked about yesterday on the show? We like to give quizzes here. You know, like to see if you've done your done your homework, if you've been paying attention here on the varsity program. The last thing we really talked about yesterday on the show was that postponement, that reschedule of the LSU Florida game from earlier in the season and how that might work to the benefit of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And then lo and behold, lo and behold, merely minutes after going off the air yesterday, what do we hear? COVID concerns down at LSU. And with that, the conundrum that the Southeastern Conference might find itself in with LSU Florida already rescheduled for December the 12th. And then what does that mean for Alabama LSU if it can't come off as scheduled on Saturday? And look, Sonny Ship, the go247.com staff, part of the 247sports.com network. Those guys do an outstanding job covering the LSU Tigers. And the narrative, the word, at least this morning, wasn't overly positive that LSU would be able to meet protocols for this week so that this Alabama LSU game can come off as scheduled. So the feeling down there is anyway, seems to be that if it comes down to it, it will be LSU Florida on December the 12th. We'll, we'll see, you know, my stance on all this is I don't see how the sec can make any type of definitive determination between Alabama LSU and Florida LSU if it comes down to it because you still have to factor in the rest of the schedule. You know, the schedule doesn't end Saturday in Baton Rouge. Alabama still has games with Kentucky, still obviously has the Iron Bowl with Alvin here in Tuscaloosa. You still have the road trip to Arkansas beyond LSU. So the possibility remains even for for Alabama at some other point down the road to need that December the 12th date for perhaps another opponent. So I think the SEC has to pretty much be in wait-and-see mode here. You obviously, for the sake of competitive fairness, you don't want the competitive advantage to sway entirely to one program over the other, but it's 2020. And yeah, it might sound a bit insensitive, and this isn't to cast blame at Florida or LSU, but they've had to use their COVID cards already, right? Both have had COVID-19 breakouts that have required them to use their COVID cards. Alabama hasn't had to use its COVID card yet. So if there's discussion about Alabama LSU or Florida LSU, right now the game should involve the two teams that have had to use their COVID cards, shouldn't it? And that, of course, is Florida and LSU. To me, Alabama shouldn't even be in the discussion. If LSU can't play this week, Alabama shouldn't be in the discussion of having to play on December the 12th. Now, it might end up in that discussion if it, too, has a situation that requires it to postpone one of these other three games and then play that game on December the 12th. You know, if Alabama has a breakout 
that results in it not being able to play Kentucky or Auburn or Arkansas. Okay, well, the opponent that it can't play because of its breakout should be who it plays on December the 12th. You know, that's my opinion. I don't know about yours. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to check in on this Tuesday morning, we're more than open to hearing from you. And uh, look, I want to see Alabama LSU Saturday as much as anyone. You know, I've already got my Saturday set up, people. I've got the Masters third round coverage leading up to Alabama LSU. We've all been awaiting this weekend. Absolutely, as a sports fan in general, you want to see it come off. But if it doesn't go down, then that's kind of the way I see it, where Florida LSU and Alabama LSU are concerned. And look, you know, the uh, the concern, and I'm going to talk about this with Brent Beard coming up in the very next segment, the concern you have moving forward with some of these teams as they continue to drop games is what's going to be the level of commitment and the discipline that's required to maintain a place from a COVID-19 perspective. And that's understanding you can do everything right with this stuff, okay? And you could still have a breakout. You know, Alabama's going to be interesting to watch. Coming off that bye week, guys went home. I understand we heard from Nick Saban yesterday. He talked about how there was very much a plan in place for the players to go home and sort of try to, as best they can, between themselves and their families, construct these sort of temporary bubbles before returning to Tuscaloosa. But you don't know for sure how that's going to play out. May not even show up this week. You know, it could be next week that you have an issue with this Alabama roster. And that's why... If you're Alabama and you're the SEC, you got to keep that COVID card in your back pocket because Alabama may very well require it here in the very near future as well. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205-342-9904. Check in with Super Joe on a Tuesday morning. Super Joe, what'd you say, Padna? Man, so you know, I'll be thinking, I said, man, I hope, man, I'll tell you what I'm thinking a little bit. I do know that COVID is out there real and stuff like that, but I just think in some case that, you know, the Ed Audron is trying to pull out of this for some reason. I do think that's the case. Because you I'm, think I that, hear, don't you think Ed O is... I do hear that, that some of the LSU players went out there partying on Halloween because yeah. they knew they had a bye week coming up. Yeah. I do hear I do hear that. And I do know um, for a fact that the roster is getting thin. I hear about the roster getting thin over there. And I do know they're aware of the vendetta that they got that's against them from last year. And plus, and plus Alabama's on, on the rise this year, and, and LSU's been faltering this year. They're like the James Buster Douglases, you know, just going just going flat. They went from a strong RC Cola last year, this year to a flat Pepsi. And, they, and, they, and they're looking. They don't want to face the obstacle. They took a real beating from Auburn, and they're humiliated. And then we'll just take, we're just going to take one a lot worse from my whole complete team. So I do... So yes, the COVID is real. We question that, but I do believe, you know, I ain't trying to be funny, but I do believe some of the players went out there, got themselves, you know, tested positive to, to get out of this game or something. I don't well, look. I don't think anybody for LSU is trying to get COVID nineteen. <laughs> but what I just what I just said earlier about teams like LSU, once they fall further out of the mix where a championship is concerned, the guard is less likely to probably stay up 
like it should. When you don't have really anything to lose at that point, you know, sometimes human nature takes over. And even from a leadership perspective, you're not as on top of it as you probably need to be. Look, we don't know the exact circumstances of all this involving LSU right now. I would say this. I can tell you the LSU fans aren't uh, aren't overly disappointed about the possibility anyway of missing Alabama this week. I can tell you that from the from the LSU message boards and kind of that is like, geez, this this would actually be a good thing for us not to take a fifth straight home loss. That's in play here too for LSU. This would be a fifth straight home loss in this series if Alabama goes in there and does what so many people anticipate it will do if this game comes off. So, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think LSU would would be uh, again. Uh, discouraged or dismayed by not having this game Saturday. But at the same time, I'm not going to go out there and say, well, guys are trying to get COVID and numbers are being fudged and things like that. I I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to go to that point. I I will agree that. Yeah. I I would think the LSU perspective right now would be if we miss Alabama, it's, it's not a bad thing. Hey, super Joe, we got to get to this break, my man. Thanks for the call. I don't care about that. When do we get some more? When do we get some more? Some more results about Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I think uh, there, there's going to be a there's another test coming either today or tomorrow, um, and then you'll get those results in the in the next day or so, and then uh, we'll know something more definitive. But you know, it's not just the test; it's contact tracing, everything else that goes with it. Um, you know, contact tracing, you can have three or four guys test positive, and that can result in you losing 18, 20, 25 guys. So, uh, you know, that's the, that's that part of it you have to consider, too. Yeah, but how many they say the tested positive for the head? Ardron didn't want to mention the number. Yeah, they didn't to... give a number. They didn't give a number on that. So we're not, we're not entirely sure. But from what oh. I understand, it impacted the quarterback position, the defensive backfield, perhaps even tight end. That's according to go247.com, part of the 247sports.com network. Okay, Joe, I don't want to hold you up now, but roll time, and I will get the victory when we, if we do play. There you go, Super Joe. Take care, my man. Give us a call again real soon. There you go. Super Joe checking in on a Tuesday. We're going to check in with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News when a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier continues right after this. University of Alabama. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is focused on game week preparations for Saturday's 5 p.m. matchup with LSU in Baton Rouge. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts on LSU so far this year. You know, this is off a big game for us. LSU game is always a big game. It's turned into kind of a rivalry game. Uh, because of the success of the two programs. And uh, I don't think this year is really any different, regardless of record. Uh, LSU has a lot of really, really good players. Um, they have a lot of talent on their team. Um, and, you know, these guys are very capable of being one of the best teams in the country. I'll have more in a moment. 
At Alabama, Coach Saban talks about the process. It's about doing everything the right way all the time to be successful. While at Dex Imaging, we believe in the process as well. Do the job right and take care of your customers to help them be more successful. With locations throughout the Southeast, including Mobile, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa, put the process to work for your business. Contact the professionals at Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. Coach Saban also gave thoughts on Alabama returning to the number one ranking in the polls. It means nothing at all right now. And I, I think especially in this year because it's very, very difficult even at this point in the season uh, to know who has really established them as the most dangerous teams in the country on a consistent basis. You know, we have conferences that have played one games, conferences that have played three games, you know, conferences that have played more games than we've played. And that's your BAM update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Mostly cloudy with a few passing rain showers this afternoon and tonight. The high today 78, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional showers, the high also 78. Thursday, less humid, the sky becoming partly sunny, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. It's too late. She's gone. Southern Fried Sports, specifically a little Derek and the Dominoes on the 50th anniversary of the release, Layla and other assorted love songs. I'm thinking Brent Beard's probably a pretty big Eric Clapton fan. I mean, who isn't a fan of Slow Hands? How about it, Brent? Little Eric Clapton? Uh, you know, the thing that just really is, it hits me real hard, Trav, is uh, a lot of these guys are older than me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Well, some of these records are as old as I am. You yeah, know? Like, really? uh Like this one, 50th anniversary, and my 52nd is coming up here <laughs> in about a month or so. So that will That's age it, you brother. in a hurry, yes. uh, Brent. And speaking of aging people in a hurry, uh, COVID-19 is adding some years, or actually subtracting some years, yeah. I believe, from some of these coaches around college football and specifically, man, in the last 24 hours or so, so much of the talk has centered on the Southeastern Conference with specific interest, obviously, right here in Tuscaloosa surrounding the potential, the very real potential of Alabama LSU, that coming to light yesterday, perhaps being postponed. And I know that resonates in your neck of the woods down there in Northeast Florida because LSU's already involved in a postponement with the uh, Florida Gators. Uh, it's a full slate schedule-wise for this weekend, Brent, but uh, who knows? We may be down to a game or a few less by the time we get uh, to the middle of this week. 
Yeah, obviously Auburn, Mississippi State already gone. Um, eyes on Alabama, LSU, uh, certainly for uh, the, the A&M-Tennessee game, although there are probably a lot of ball fans right now, Trail, they'd be glad to opt out for the rest of the season, frankly, uh, w- with how they played right now. But, yeah, and we got coaches uh, involved, Sam Pittman, uh, who is uh, dealing with that too. And, and uh, hey, hey, Trav, right now, that hire of Barry Odom, not just for the defense, but for his head coaching experience. Now, is he a great head coach? You know, maybe not, but the reality is uh, Pittman's going to feel p- pretty good about that staff, even though he won't be able to be involved, or at least his involvement will be limited. Yeah, you got Tropical Storm Etta. I mean, can we have enough issues going into this weekend? <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, really. out there in the Gulf, it looks like maybe it'll looks like Etta might leave uh, Gainesville alone, perhaps this weekend, That's based right. on the most recent track. But uh, it's just again, it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen. Obviously, I wanted to ask you this too, Brent. You know, as you get deeper into the season, and some of these teams, it becomes more and more apparent that you know their championship hopes, their division hopes are gone. Uh, maybe even in some instances, just making a bowl game uh, in 2020 is is not going to be achievable. Uh, there's got to be concern about, even if it's subconsciously, teams letting down their guard. And that's a problem yeah. because you have to have games, right? I mean, yeah, you know, if, if, if four or five teams are still engaged and locked in on a minute-to-minute basis and you know, being very regimented and stringent in their approach to COVID. Uh, and you've got five or six teams that are like, well, look, you know, we're two and five now, two and four, three and five, whatever. And, you know, again, maybe not intentionally, but just by human nature, you let your guard down when you're not as much of uh, a piece of the pu- puzzle, I guess you could say. Is that is that something you think the, the league's concerned about right now? Oh, I think it's got to be. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and, and again, flexibility is going to be the key. And and fortunately for the league, they've got that date on the 12th. Uh, then you've got the championship game on, on the 19th. I think there's been a lot of questions about would they even delay the championship game another week uh, and, and put that on what, the 26th. I'm not sure the league would do that. Uh, but I think at this point they've got to be as flexible as they can be, and we may have several games then on championship weekend just to get that TV money in, right, Trav? I mean, that, that that's important for it, a lot of these schools. Well, and I think it's part of the reason why I, I don't think the SEC should go ahead and make a definitive call on if it comes down to Florida LSU versus right. – Alabama LSU because we can't say for certain right now that Alabama might not still have a game against Kentucky or uh, Auburn or Arkansas that needs to go to that December the 12th date I think you stick with Florida LSU for now and you just sort of wait and see how this plays out and it could be that look CBS your TV partners uh, they could be just fine with a December the 12th where you still have Florida, LSU, Alabama, you know, your top draws in the league um, playing football. It wouldn't be ideal leading up to the SEC championship game. But, you know, if I'm Alabama right now, 
my thought process is, you know, I understand competitive advantage and you want things to be fair across the board, but until you're in a situation where uh, your COVID, uh, you know, situation demands that you postpone a game, I don't think Alabama should be in the conversation to play on December the 12th yet, because these are COVID situations that have involved directly Florida and LSU. And I'm not casting dispersions or blame here. Look, this stuff is, is tough to deal with. Um, but, but Alabama, it hasn't been as a result of Alabama's situation that a, a determination has needed to be made with it in regards to December the 12th. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but Trav, you've got other schools like uh, LSU, for instance, who obviously has lost focus, uh, and, and because uh, <laughs> the guys are at a Halloween get together uh, that uh, <laughs> allegedly that Auburn, yeah. yes, <laughs> after that Auburn loss. Uh, so you're 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 dealing with so many moving pieces here. And I think the other thing that you've got that's going on here is even though you've got teams like Tennessee and Georgia, and that this has become a a real discussion point down here, is, look, it's obvious they're not playing for championships. But at the same time, isn't it important for some of these schools to at least find out, particularly with those two schools uh, in Georgia and Tennessee, Trav, they need games just to figure out who their quarterback's going to be, uh, maybe at least at least for the the rest of the year, maybe even going into next year uh, at this point. So uh, that, that there is some things to play for in an in an ever shifting schedule right now. There is, and and again, this isn't to say that teams don't want to continue to play. I think they do, uh, but you have to be concerned once teams are very much out of the mix again. Yes. Yes. What is the 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 level of of commitment to uh, the sort of discipline, the incredible discipline that it takes to, you know, put a team on the field every week uh, in this pandemic? And you know, we talked about it before we went on here, and you know, it's not just the COVID nineteen situation. What's coming together for teams like LSU too? To be entirely fair to these teams, is that you've got an imperfect storm of attrition you've got players in mid-season entering the transfer portal Mm -hmm. knocking your numbers down right and you've got injuries and then you factor in COVID I mean Mississippi State is sort of the poster team this season of what can go wrong in terms of trying to play football in a pandemic not just when you factor in COVID which they've apparently had to deal with in Starkville here in the last week or so uh, but with the mass exodus of players in season right. and then yes. some injuries on top of that, it's really a, a three-way type deal that's that's impacting a lot of these teams. See, I think we've got some teams, and we probably won't find this out until after the season, that are not only dealing with the things that you're talking about, but I think some of these teams, Trevor, are, are dealing with some serious internal issues inside their program. Uh, and, and, I mean, Look, it's pretty obvious right now that that, that several of these players uh, don't want to play uh, at Mississippi State 
for for leach and 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 that you've got some early attrition that's going on and again some of the stuff that they had a spring don't you think trav that some of this would have been dealt yeah. with a little bit before now and and, and it really haven't and it's obvious uh with the coy moore situation that, that they're investigating at lsu you've got all these hurricanes that's come through with lsu i i, I look look uh, that's a great point. Uh, beyond the COVID, beyond uh, uh, the, the, just the um, uh, what a disaster this has turned in for some of these teams at, at this point on the field. I just think there are a lot of issues going on here that uh, what we have to take into account too. Yeah, I mean, if it was just COVID, and I know that sounds crazy, right? Just a pandemic, <laughs> it, it, it would be more navigable than uh than it is right now but you said it unlike any time we've ever seen before it's been a a a brief history with the transfer portal specifically but guys are going in and then you've got guys that are still playing let me ask you this what's terrace marshall jr's motivation right now sure sure to to keep playing for for lsu this season hell even Derek stingley jr who has another year he has to play at the college level i mean you know some of these guys you know they have to be thinking ahead at this point because they don't know if they're going to play week to week to begin with. And then even if they do uh, at places like uh, LSU and even at Georgia now following that loss to Florida and some other places, the mind begins to wander. And that not only impacts on the field performance, but again, COVID regimen, discipline that's required. Uh, you You can see it really impact a football team from that perspective. I guess, too, uh, the head coaching aspect of this is, is South Carolina right now. I mean, clearly the one spot that we're looking at in regards to Will Muschamp's employment status moving beyond the 2020 season or you know, Jeremy Pruitt. That wasn't good in Fayetteville Saturday night at Arkansas, as we know. But is it still limited to one or two of those type of situations from the head coaching perspective? Uh, unless Vanderbilt does yeah. something, and, and, Trav, unless Vandy becomes Vandy, uh, in, in that situation, uh, will uh, Derek Mason have another year? I, I think probably at this point, yes. I, I don't think Pruitt's going anywhere. I, I think the the big thing with Pruitt is he, he's a young coach, and, and, and Fulmer's running interference for him. Let's be honest about that. If 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 uh, and I'm sure he's getting heat. I get that. And they've got to work out their quarterback situation, to put it mildly. But but right now, I don't think Pruitt's going anywhere. I think he'll at least get another year uh, to, to try to get the, this thing going better. But they've got to look better offensively. I don't think there's any question about that. But, uh, but, but I think the South Carolina thing, and you and I batted this thing around, uh, the, the bottom line here is, Trav, does Ray Tanner want to pay $14 million in a buyout to get, uh, basically to get rid of him? But the thing, thing you and I have discussed over the years is, Trav, it's one thing to keep these guys for money, but, even the, but how do you create any excitement with your fan base and your alumni and ticket holders, if you announce that you're bringing Will Muschamp back another year. Yeah, there's really, really two ways to look at that, right? It's we can't really go ahead with a $14 million check because of the pandemic. Yes. But okay. If you don't do that, are you going to sell tickets that are going to be harder to sell than ever coming out of the pandemic? You got to do some math on that with Will Muschamp. 
I don't think, and, that, and I'm sure that's probably what they're doing, and, and we've certainly heard the Mike Bobo taking over in, in an interim-type basis, and, and obviously the Hugh Freeze uh, rumors are going wild about South Carolina. Look, Trab, with the baggage from Freeze, uh, and this is a sermon on another day, I would go get Hypel at, U, at UCF or a guy like that who's heavily invested in offense. It's not that Hugh Freeze is not, but 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 with the baggage you've got with Freeze, uh, and 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 I think the he's going to have to talk his way through the uh, through the SEC office to get a job in the league too. Not not that he can't, but I just think that I, I think there are a lot of factors here. Uh, that, that that are weighing even beyond COVID and, and the price to either keep these guys or get rid of them. Yeah, we talked about freeze yesterday and sort of the aforementioned baggage that you alluded to. You know, my answer to that, if I'm Hugh Freeze, is Bruce Pearl. You yeah. know, Bruce <laughs> Pearl had a three-year show cause and actually was hired by Auburn before completing his show cause. That's correct. As a result of penalties at Tennessee. So... Hugh Freeze ended up with a one-year show cause for everything that happened at Ole Miss. And, you know, like I said yesterday, we can get into the particulars of whether or not Bruce Pearl ever should have been hit with a three-year show cause. Okay, we, we can do that. But this is what we've got to go by. And so, look, if I'm Hugh Freeze and if I'm South Carolina and I feel strongly enough about Hugh Freeze – uh, that that's going to probably be the approach I take with Greg Sankey in the SEC office. Yes. You know, Alabama's men's basketball team this year will play four, I believe it's four different opponents who have coaches that have at one point <laughs> yeah. been hit with show causes. Kelvin right. Sampson at Houston, yeah. uh, the successor at East Tennessee State as a part of Bruce Pearl's staff at yeah. Tennessee. Bruce Pearl himself. So, uh, you know, look, you know, it's hard to find coaches who don't have baggage these days. Plus, yeah. you've got a coach at LSU right now in basketball uh, that, that looks to be headed down a, a similar path as well. Talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. So, you know, Brent, I want to preview <laughs> this weekend's <laughs> games, but I, I don't know really where to go. I guess uh, South Carolina Ole Miss, we haven't really heard things that would make us believe that perhaps it's in danger. Uh, as you said, and we talked about Auburn and Mississippi State is off the slate for this week. Um, A&M, we're wondering about. Pause, supposed to be at Tennessee on Saturday afternoon. Um, it looks like, I guess, we can count on Georgia-Missouri in that yeah. 11 a.m. game at this point. Are we safe to look at Georgia-Missouri at this point, I think, Brent? I, I think we are in the reality of this, too. What, as you can imagine, with Florida's win on Saturday, uh, the discussion has been really hot and heavy about two things. One is uh, Florida's track to Atlanta, which right now looks pretty good uh, to, to very, very well play Alabama for the SEC championship. But, Trav, what's really taken on a life of its own down here, as you can imagine, with as many Georgia fans as there are here uh, right, right now, uh, Stenson Bennett is 75th in, in nationally in pass efficiency, and uh, the 
the, the comparisons between uh, Mark Rick and uh, Kirby Smart are, are going pretty fast and furious. Kendall Milton is now out for three, four weeks. Uh, uh, frankly, at this point, and talking with some Georgia beat writers yesterday, uh, the, it's not so much when does Stetson many come back. The, the thing is, is uh, Kirby, uh, you've got to try some guys. And Tennessee's in this boat, too. And, and, and we just touched on this a minute ago. Travis, nothing else. Uh, we're in November. These teams going to have a bowl game. Uh, I think what, what we're hearing, certainly from beat writers and fan bases, is can for particularly for Georgia and Tennessee is can you take the rest of this schedule when you're not playing for a championship and and throw all these guys out there and just see what you might could come up with uh, at quarterback now admittedly Georgia's quarterback may be in high school right now uh, waiting to graduate uh, but, but but as you can imagine uh, for Georgia and Missouri particularly for Georgia. Uh, most of the storylines are off the field. Yeah, they are. And the absence of George Pickens that continued over into the Florida game, that did not help. Kind of summed up the Georgia passing game. The touchdown pass Stetson Bennett throws there, um, I guess it was in the first quarter. You know, Not only does he take a big shot and suffers an AC joint separation to his throwing shoulder, but the other end of the connection goes out for the remainder of the season, too, yep. with a pretty gruesome uh, dislocated ankle there. So just kind of a summation of, of Georgia's passing game here in the last couple of years. And uh, I think Georgia fans, though, are a little bit unhappy with the lack of a commitment to the run game because yes. you yes. see Zamir White go 75 yards on the game's first snap. Um, not a huge commitment to it after that. Now, you know, part of that is Georgia struggles to just stay on the field. I mean, sure third do. down and situations like that in large part because of that passing game just not able to convert uh and, and stay on the field enough but um you know I, I think we all felt like going into the season whether it was Jamie Newman or someone else Georgia would not be looking at Dewan Mathis or no. Stetson no. Bennett at this point in the season no absolutely not and, and, and again uh questions coming up about the longevity of todd munkin and, and again you bring a guy in you've got to give him a little time i mean i understand that uh too uh they've also had some situations with the uh, um uh with the offensive line but i'll also say this uh for uh, the Florida Gator fans who are also pretty happy about this situation and deservedly so. Trev, I'm, I'm sure you caught this very quickly. Uh, if Georgia's got anything better at quarterback, then we're about, I, I'm going to say, a good half a dozen passes where Georgia's got r- receivers running wide open in the Gators' secondary or even yeah. underneath that, 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 where the ball couldn't get to them, it was overthrown, or they dropped it. So, uh, look, with all the good, and it did, and they deserve a lot of credit, they came out of this for Florida. Trev, there there are continued to be concerns for that Gator secondary. I don't think there's any doubt about that, absolutely. And, uh, you know, talked about this in the last week or couple weeks, actually. Florida and Alabama look a lot alike. You know, you, you've got some issues 
with that Florida defense. You still are trying to get there with this Alabama defense, but you have a couple of offenses that I think against just about anybody can put some put some points on the board. Talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Brent, as we let you go here, um, I, I hesitate again to look too far ahead because we're just trying to get this Saturday's games off the ground in the Southeastern Conference. But uh, the potential for that Alabama-Florida matchup down the road uh, in Atlanta, uh, areas where you think we just kind of outlined a few maybe where Florida could prove especially problematic for Alabama and maybe uh, I guess that Alabama offense being able to to make some hay against that Florida defense. Florida does not run the ball well. Uh, now, it, you, you've got a few guys uh, that Damian Pierce who uh, and Equan Wright, I think are better running backs than Malik Davis. But one thing that was truly impressive in the win over Georgia was uh, uh, Kyle Trask, some of his best receivers were the running backs. We were out. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they, they kind of reinvented that. And, and again, Trav, uh, but, but you also saw in that second half when Kyle Pitts is not on the field, yeah. that 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 really hurts uh, Trask. And, and, and i tell you this, this Arkansas game to me is a real character game for them. I mean, they're on the top of the world. They think they're going to Atlanta. They just beat their rival. But you're playing an Arkansas team that doesn't have I, – I don't think they've got enough uh, personnel to win the team. But this is a well-coached football team. Felipe Franks comes back. Uh, and, look, they, they have done as much with their personnel or lack thereof, particularly on defense, Trav, I, I, I would say as any team in the league – Florida's got to be careful Saturday night. Yeah, it should be interesting down in Gainesville. Uh, hopefully it'll come off as scheduled. Yeah, watching Florida, too, uh, didn't see the Gators really control the fourth quarter offensively, right. no. and that goes no. back to that run game. I think that's an area where Alabama would have an advantage in that yes. matchup if it came down to it. The ability to, if it did have a lead of any type going into the fourth quarter, similar to what we saw in the Georgia game here in Tuscaloosa, lean on Najee Harris, lean on that offensive line, and uh, finish that game against the Gators. Hey, Brent, as always, great stuff with us here on Southern Fried Sports. Always appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk again next week. Uh, We'll celebrate whatever we can get in this weekend. Absolutely. We'll take whatever we can get. Thanks a lot, Brent. My pleasure, bud. Take care. There he goes, Brent Beard, back with more of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after the You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Side 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. As always, we appreciate Brent Beard checking in with us on the program. Talk with Brent on Tuesdays here on Southern Fried Sports. Hey, uh, some breaking news. Uh, breaking news as it relates to the Auburn Tigers football program. Auburn has paused workouts, has paused practices uh, in the midst of a breakout of positive tests. Uh, Gus Malzahn just told the media, assembled media, that uh, nine players, three staff members now in COVID protocol. So uh, there you go. Look, Auburn, Mississippi State had already been postponed to uh, December the 12th as we learned here in the last 24 hours. But now it gets really interesting because, you know, you still have. Yo. If you were mostly cloudy with a few passing rain showers this afternoon and tonight, the high today 78, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional showers, the high also 78. Thursday, less humid, the sky becoming partly sunny, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. We heard from Brent Beard earlier in the program. We have since learned, like so many of you have, via the social media, Auburn has now paused its football operations, multiple positive tests within the Auburn program, including staff members to go along with a handful of players. So, the postponement of that Mississippi State game from yesterday for the Auburn Tigers uh, was an inevitability, apparently, not just from the state perspective, but also with Auburn now as well. And that game pushed back to the buffer date of December the 12th, which sounds well enough, but you still got football games left to be played here beyond this weekend, similar to what we've talked about with Alabama and not having to have gone to the COVID card Yet, anyway. Uh, but when you look at this Auburn schedule, I mean, you still have games. Obviously, the Iron Bowl is still out there. You know, well, it, you've got, uh, what if that game needs to be rescheduled? You've still got Texas A&M out there, which could be a huge game, even more so from the A&M perspective. If A&M, which has some concerns of its own this week, as it prepares to travel to Knoxville for a matchup with the Tennessee Balls. But if A&M somehow gets to December the 5th uh, with just one loss, as we've outlined since the middle of last week, there is a path for A&M to at least be heavily in the discussion for one of those four spots 
in a college football playoff. So now it gets really, really sticky because just where Alabama's concerned, there is the real potential for Saturday's game with LSU to be postponed. Uh, now Auburn has used a postponement with Mississippi State. Uh, going to be tough to figure out the math potentially. If you're the SEC right now, you're not going to come right out and say it. But as things sit in the divisions right now, with one loss Florida in the East and undefeated Alabama in the West, and both of those teams holding the hammer over the teams that currently check in second in those divisions. Florida with the one loss has already beaten two loss Georgia. So they have that hammer. Essentially you have to lose twice for Georgia to have a chance to get to Atlanta as the Eastern Division rep. Alabama, similar in the West, undefeated at 6-0, and has the hammer on one loss Texas A&M, seen as how they have already met. If you're the SEC right now, you're not going to come right out and say it, but um, you know, you've had six games. Isn't that pretty much what the Big Ten's shooting for? You have six games in a championship game. That wouldn't be the worst-case scenario for what we were sort of anticipating even four or five months ago. Nobody wants to see that happen. Certainly, the SEC doesn't from a financial standpoint because I'm guessing you would fall short of some content requirements where your TV partners are concerned. And your TV partners certainly wouldn't like to see that either. You know, they, they need it. They need it on Saturdays. And so, but if you talk about just in terms of identifying divisional champs to play in Atlanta, have you already done enough with six games with Alabama at six and zero, oh, and a win already over Texas A&M, Florida six and zero, oh, five and one, got that win over Georgia last weekend. If you had to, could you just go ahead and push those two teams to Atlanta? You probably could. I think you could. Uh, you could do that. You could. I don't think a lot of people would like it, but if it came down to it, I think you have enough, uh, just enough of a sample size to be able to get behind a case for Alabama and Florida today being the representatives in the SEC championship game. That's going to do it for a Tuesday program. The Tuesday lunch whistle. Eat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Plaza. Get by there, check out Frank, the rest of the crew. Eat Pizza Bar. It is a Tuesday. That means Thai chicken pizzas, seven bucks starting at 6 p.m. this evening. $2 domestics as well. We'll take good care of you there. Eat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.